We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast is presented to you by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. You got to check them out week one. They are running a $1 million prize pool that is rake-free. No management costs whatsoever. And even best part about it, $25 entry, only 10 entry max, and a great payout structure. It is the best GPP week one. You need to check it out for yourself. It's Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy.
What is going on, everybody? I got some good news for you. It's Wednesday. It's September, and that means it is time for the first DFS Pick 6 of the season. It's the Roto World DFS Pick 6 presented by Roto Grinders. And, guys, the faces may be different, but the advice, the fun, and the good times are here to stay. I'm Eric Rain, and I'm joined by, first off, Nick Cena. Nick, I haven't seen you since the AAF days, man. How we doing? Dude, that feels like ages ago, man, for real. I haven't seen you since the Blues won the Cup either, man. How about, how about that? How about us? Wait, hold on. Okay. Here, we'll just switch hats. No big hey. deal. That's hey, all right. right there. We'll go that right glo- there. That Gloria yeah. beer. That Gloria I beer. It. I love it. I love the Gloria beer. <laughs> how you been? Good, man. Good, man. I'm excited for NFL season, brother. I'm, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, for sure. And also joining us, making his debut on the old Road of Grinders, John Dago. What's up, John? How we doing? You came out of the gates extremely too hot. That was so much excitement from your voice. I got scared for a second, actually. A lot of caffeine today, man. A lot Lots of, caffeine. of oranges. You're hiding the oranges behind you. Be I'll honest with the people. Like this, this bag was full when the started. <laughs> be honest when you eat a whole bag of oranges with everybody. Honestly. I mean, yeah, like I've eaten a whole bag of oranges like in the last two hours. So my sugar level's probably here. I've got I got some pib that I'm drinking. I got some water. I'm done with the meal. Yeah, man. What's good. up, diabetes? Yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> fat guy's going to fat guy. Uh, uh, yeah, John, how you been, man? How are you enjoying your summer? Everything's been going really well. Uh, I have moved recently to Stanford, as everyone knows. So that's why I'm my office is not set up whatsoever. You just have a blank wall behind me, as sexy as that is. So hopefully next week we have actual equipment, like a microphone, an HD camera. Uh, this week we're just flying blind. Hey, that's how it has to go sometimes. Apparently there's some issues with my video. We will blame Dean. Dean did it. I'm all right with that. Dean, I don't know why you missed my video like that, but not cool. All right, guys, for those of you who are just tuning in, for those of you who have not watched the pick six before, this is how it works. We're going to talk about three games. We're going to talk about three topics. We're going to go in depth with all of them. And of course, we're going to be bringing you guys with some of the best DFS advice out there. Let's start off with the game that I'm surprised the line is as close as it is. It's the Chiefs at the, at the Jaguars. Kansas City are three and a half point favorites on the road, total of 51. So a really high total here for a Jags game. Nick, let's talk about this Chiefs side. Obviously, they're bringing back everybody. What do we think about Kansas City in this game? Man, I mean, everything's pointing towards Travis Kelsey in this spot for me. I mean, Tyree Kill is going to go up against Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jaguars defensive coordinator Todd Walsh has already said a couple of weeks ago that uh, Ramsey's going to shadow Hill. Last year in this matchup, we saw the Jaguars bracket him a little bit, have a guy over the top. Um, Ramsey in tow, following him around. So I'm looking towards Kelsey in the middle of the field, especially after losing Telvin Smith in the middle of that defense, and then they're working in a couple new safeties. Uh, that's the cash game play right there. If you're if you're looking at tournaments, I'm looking at Sammy Watkins on the opposite side. He's probably going to see a ton of single coverage from A.J. Bouye, but I like – I mean, he had 70, six catches and 78 yards last year in this in this matchup. So, I mean, this is going to be a, a game where I'm, we're going to see a lot of plays. So – the those are the two guys I'm looking at for, for Cash, Kelsey, Tournaments, Watkins. Yeah, and, you know, it's a little bit weird just coming out of the gate and saying, okay, the one guy we're not interested in is Tyreek Hill, who might be the most explosive player in all of football. But, John, I saw you nodding your head. Are you kind of in agreement that Tyreek Hill, this isn't really a spot where you're focusing on him? It's funny because there is game stacks hidden here, and Tyreek Hill, despite being shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, is a guy who can easily return value. We've seen it time and time again. It takes literally one catch. So if you're game stacking, especially in tournaments, it actually makes sense to go to Tyreek Hill, especially if his ownership's going to be reduced since he'll have to make a big play off what we assume will be less volume. 
And I'm absolutely absolutely not saying not to play Tyreek Hill by any means at all. I'm oh, just, no, you're I'm, saying not play him in cash. I totally yeah. agree with you, yes. And you're going to get him at super low ownership. You know that. It's probably going to be the lowest ownership of the season for Tyreek Hill that we're going to see this week. So Yeah, you know, we see it all the time with wide receivers too, especially explosive ones. Like when they're chalky, you kind of want to fade them. And when they're popular – or I'm sorry, when, you're, when they're chalky, yeah, you want to fade them. When they're not chalky, that's when you kind of want to play them, especially with guys like this. I'm with you guys. And I like Kelsey. I like what you said about Sammy Watkins too. If they're focused on Tyreek Hill on one side, Sammy Watkins, a guy. Yeah, sure. He might get hurt, hurt during the game. That's you notice how we didn't talk about Damian Williams at all, because huh. we're still all so depressed about the LaShawn McCoy signing. Man. I mean, here, let's pour one out for all the Damian Williams. Let's pour one out for the Darwin Thompson shares. We are all feeling so darn good. And of course, Shady McCoy coming to the Kansas city chiefs and they've come out and they said that he's got to play. So, John, what do you make of this cluster you-know-what of a running back situation? It is unfortunate, but I don't want to be stubborn about it as well. Like, he's going to split first-team reps with Damian Williams. And like I said, it's truly unfortunate. Um, But especially out of the gates, we saw LaShawn McCoy play, and we saw LaShawn McCoy basically be terrible. But Andy Reid, that's the shoes we're trying to fill right now logically, and he did not see that LaShawn McCoy. As far as he knows, LaShawn McCoy is still a terrific back. So now we basically have to be invested in LaShawn McCoy all because he's married to a terrific offense. So he's going to play and he's absolutely going to steal what I would assume in week one, about 40% of Amy Williams reps, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I look at a guy here with LaShawn McCoy and I'm just like, look, they're not LaShawn McCoy and Andy Reid are close, right? They've been together forever. It's there's no way that Andy Reid was going to bring LaShawn McCoy in to let him run on the bench. Whether we think he's still the good or not is almost irrelevant because Nick, this is a guy who's going to get action on a team that's going to put up a ton of points. Yeah. And he's getting a huge upgrade for offensive line. He was running into brick walls last year behind that Buffalo unit. I mean, they upgraded a bunch of their spots. I don't know if it was true upgrades, but they tried to upgrade. This is a true upgrade going from Buffalo to Kansas city. And he's not going to see these stacked boxes that he was seeing last year so he's gonna have a lot more space to work get him some swing passes like they were doing with Damian Williams at the end of last year I I mean I went on a rant on Twitter after this signing because it just it hurt so bad the Darwin Thompson thing it just it hurt but coming around on McCoy in in season long for sure just not I'm obviously we can't play him in DFS this week yeah I wait you say we can't play him in DFS this week I don't think I would play him in DFS this week. I think you honestly. can play him in DFS. You think week. so? I do. I mean, I just I have to see how this backfield shakes out before I'm even. I throw a, a tournament dart here or there, but it's not yeah, going mean, to be anything. No, if you're, you're running a hundred lineups or whatever, thirty lineups, whatever. If you're playing a ton of lineups, you can throw a, a dart here at McCoy. But I'm not actively looking to play him. Yeah, and on the other side, we have a running back who has also been really frustrating. Obviously, we're all pissed off at McCoy and Damian Williams right now. But on the other side, we've got Leonard Fournette and. John, this is the year. He's going to stay healthy this year, didn't you know? He's going to catch passes this year. This is the year of Leonard Fournette. I'm not sure if you've heard this or not. What's uh, funny is that you are mocking the people that said that, but I am actually one of the people. Oh, I know, else. I know. Everybody says it. We're all on it. Everybody. You got. You well, can't have fun. But, but just remember that even after week one, no victory laps just yet because week one sets up for the Leonard Fournette reju- rejuvenation week. We have center Brandon Lenners coming back and starting. We have left guard Andrew Norwell coming back and starting. Fournette was in on 18 of Nick Foles' 19 first-team snaps when they played together in the preseason. Fournette was in on all four third downs as a pass-catching back when they played together in the preseason. And now he's facing the Chiefs defense that was 32nd in Football Outsiders DVOA last year. Like, it's going to be a smash spot 
or Leonard Fournette, which is why I talked about potential game stack options because I'm looking at Leonard Fournette and I'm looking at D.D. Westbrook and I'm looking at Nick Foles. I just need someone to run it back with. All right, you can run it's the Chiefs. You can run it back with anybody. You can <laughs> That's true too, yeah. I, I've, I've sort of been in this season-long world for the last few months where I've just been like, I'm not messing with Leonard Fournette. I don't like headaches. I don't – the upside, yeah, it's there, but I just feel like the downside is just too much. Well, now we're moving on to his – you know, to a, a DFS thing. And we're not sitting here worrying about, well, is he going to be healthy for 16 games? Nick, I only need Leonard Fournette to be healthy for one game and mm-hmm. healthy coming in. So talk to me about your take on Fournette, Nick. Yeah, last year in this match of week five, the Jaguars ran their season high most plays of the season, 83 plays last, week, last season. Fournette didn't play in this game, but TJ Yeldon started and played 77 of 83 snaps, um, averaged six yards of carry, and caught eight passes. So, I mean – if he's going to be on the field every play like like we saw in the preseason, and they don't have like a pass down back like Reichel Armstead, uh, Devin Ozigbo, uh, Tyler Irvin. These guys don't seem to be like in the offense right now. So, I'm, I mean, if we're going to have Fournette on the field for 85, 90% of the downs, I mean, it's hard not to like him in this fight, especially because teams run plays against the Chiefs because they play fast and they put up points quick. So we're going to see him on the field a ton. I'm That's just, just it. The Chiefs, the Chiefs offense allowed the second most opposing plays last year to opposing offenses. And final cuts weekend actually helped Fournette. Like, we're not worried about the five career carries between uh, the backups behind him now, especially with Alfred Blue off the, off the going to IR. Like, this is Fournette's team, at least for while he's healthy. So that's why this is such a great spot for him. All right, you, you've sold me. I'll, I will I'm play that in week. Yeah, I know. It's just I know how this goes and it doesn't. <laughs> I do too. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Rams and the Panthers. Uh, one of the higher totals on the slate. The Rams two point favorites on the road over the Panthers, forty nine and a half point total. And from the Rams, Nick, I'm going to start with you. Todd Gurley, obviously, everybody who played him during the playoff run last year just got boned. Like the dude was just never healthy. Now they go out and they draft Earl Henderson in the third round. I don't know what to do, Gurley, and it's kind of the same thing. Where season long, I'm worried about it from a daily standpoint. Can I expect 20 touches? I don't know if I can. What do you think about Gurley here, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm like, I don't, I really just don't know. But on on FanDuel, I'm looking at right now, like you're getting a huge discount from his last season. He he was always up there in the 9,000 range. He's down to 7,600 on the, in this road spot against Carolina. I don't think I'm actively looking to play him because there's so many good running backs around him, like Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. Those three are right in a row, right below him. Um, go up above him, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. I mean, Gurley's not going to be on. So if you're playing a ton of tournament teams, this is this is the week to throw Gurley in. I mean, you're going to get him at super low ownership. But like you said, like we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, in season log, I was looking to get him because I was kind of like having the feel like, man – the Rams might be holding them back to just unleash them in week one, but I, I really just don't know. I really don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll throw it to Daigle's boy, Daigle here, to talk about his boy here, Daryl Henderson. I'm sure, I'm sure he's got a hot take here. You're I mean, fi- honestly, final cuts did help because now they only have three backs on their roster. But I don't know if this is the week, especially given that the looming concern here is the interior of the Rams line because quietly that left guard center, right guard spot have only made a total of 18 starts over the past half decade. So, like, their line got so much weaker over the offseason. So now I'm concerned, especially given that although Jared Goff has better splits with Cooper Cup on the field, we're talking how healthy is Cooper Cup going to be coming off of an ACL tear. So it's just so many question marks on this offense, despite them last year being, like, one of the most explosive in the league. So I genuinely don't know where to go, and that's why I kind of shy away from it. 
I honestly like the Panthers defense to, as a contrarian, oh, wow. like it's a contrarian play oh. in this spot. Like this is no one's going to be playing the Panthers defense. I don't think, but no. like, like Daigle mentioned this offensive line, Joe Notaboom, left guard center, Brian Allen, uh, right guard, Austin Blythe. These guys are just completely unproven. Blythe was one of the worst pass blocking guards in football last year. And now they got Gerald McCoy coming at him. Kwan Short coming at him. Don Terry Poe coming at him. Then you got Brian Burns coming off the edge. Harry Addison coming off the edge. I mean, these guys, Jared Goff on the road is just horrible. I mean, this could be a spot where the Panthers rack up some sacks. And if Goff throws a pick six, you're, you're looking you're looking money at the Panthers defense right now. Yeah, and I haven't looked at any prices yet, but I would imagine that the Panthers defense incredibly They're, cheap, right? Uh, it's the minimum on FanDuel, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, incredibly cheap. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is as incredibly <laughs> cheap as it gets. Now, you know, you mentioned the Rams and, you know, Jared Goff terrible on the road. Nick, what are you looking at with these wide receivers? Because I, I'm just having trouble getting excited about these Rams from a standpoint in this game. I think I'm – if I'm looking at anyone, I'm looking at Cup. He's the cheapest on FanDuel as well. Um, he was on pace to score like 12 or 15 touchdowns last year. I can't remember what it was, but he was – Easily the most targeted Ram in the red zone last year. He was uh, Goff's safety blanket. Anytime they were in scoring area, it was either him or Gurley doing the damage. So if I'm looking anywhere, it's it's Cup. Especially if, like we said, if I like if I was talking about, if the pressure is going to get to get to Goff a little bit, like Cup is a safety blanket over the middle, so he could get some dump offs and extension of the run game. So I'm looking at Cup. If I would look to any, and I'm not really right now, let's be honest, but if I did, I would actually probably go to Robert Woods moving back to the outside because once he took over for injured Cooper Cup last year, he ran shallow A-dot routes, which limited his ceiling. Like his floor was safe, but his ceiling was limited. He now moves back to the outside where he's more explosive despite having a tough corner matchup on the sidelines. All right, now – on the Panthers' side, obviously, everybody's darling this offseason was DJ Moore. Then Curtis Samuel became a darling. Christian McCaffrey is either the first or second pick in every draft we do. In this game against the Rams, though, John, is there anything that stands out for you as far as guys that we want to target? Honestly, it's weird because this slate in general, the main slate I'm talking about, doesn't lend itself to some of the higher-priced wide receivers we're used to paying up for. And thus, if we're targeting mid to low range wide receivers, it kind of allows salary for these higher priced running backs. And there is no more reliable option at that top spot, especially in this game, than Christian McCaffrey. Um, Whether Cam Newton's injured or not, and I don't think he is, he was cleared from the injury report entirely today. Christian McCaffrey's safe both in the running game and in the passing game. They kept Reggie Bon. you pronounce it Bonifon, right, Nick? I don't know why I'm asking that's you, I, but that's how I, that's how I pronounce that's, it. Okay, well, let's yeah. just go with it. Reggie Botafon, who I know is a, a dynasty guy, like dynasty players love him, but also uh, it's still so early. And like Jordan Scarlett, I know they wanted to limit McCaffrey's reps, and maybe maybe they do. Maybe they're being honest, but I doubt it. I'm not going to worry about that. Yeah, I'm not buying it either. Like, this yeah. is the workhorse. Like, it's, you know, there are a few guys every single week that you can play. Matchup doesn't matter. And he's one of them. So, John, what – or I'm sorry – Nick, what are you thinking about McCaffrey this week or even the other Panthers pieces? Yeah, I mean, when I was building my cash lineups at the start of the week, McCaffrey jumped on the page. I threw him in the lineup, jammed him in there, and I was easy to fit dudes I like around him. So he's my number one running back this week. I like this spot, especially with the the Rams up the middle, man. They they cut uh, Ole Letton and, and Dominican Sue walk as a free agent, and then they cut uh, John Franklin Myers over the weekend, and they're running out. Sebastian Joseph Day, I think his name is, at nose tackle or something like that. I mean, yeah, I mean. You made that name up. 
that's that Madden creative player, Madden creative player. But anyway, their other inside linebacker, they they released Mark Barron in the offseason, and then they and they lost Micah Kaiser, who was going to replace him to a torn pick. So I don't even know who they're running out there at inside linebacker this week. I think it's Bryce Hager, who's been a career special teamer. So I expect McCaffrey to find plenty of space in the middle of this defense. Um, the the Panthers' offensive line is one of the best in the league, I think. So I mean, I think he could have a huge game. I'm, McCaffrey's my number one running back this week. Cash play all the way. So as far as the passing game goes, of course, Cam, there's been issues with his shoulders. You know, everybody not sure. Oh, is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Counts are telling us that he's healthy right now. I'll believe it when I see it. But what about these pass catchers in DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel? I'm not messing with Greg Olson. You guys forget about We're not talking about Greg Olson. Like, I, any any time a player's older than me, I'm just not interested. But, John, what do you think about these wideouts? So the big thing here is you have not seen the DraftKings salaries yet, have you? No. Do you have it in front of you by any chance? Because uh, I would – I would, okay, I'm not going to make you work. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to give you an air in live. But I will say that uh, there should there's no reason that, especially on DraftKings, there's such a price difference between DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. It's nearly a $1,500 difference. Okay. And Curtis Samuel is actually safer with those lower dot shallow passes, um, especially if you do actually think Cam Newton's going to be limited by a shoulder injury that's lingering. So I do like DJ Moore quite a bit, very explosive. But – the difference in general, like it actually lends me to go Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore, which perhaps makes more contrarian, like an intelligent yeah. contrarian. Yeah. I mean, I think both of these guys are fine. I, I kind of like the under in this game, Nick, the more I look yeah. at it and more I pay attention. What do you think about these wideouts, Nick? Yeah. I mean, on, on field, they're pretty much the exact same price, 6,200 for DJ Moore, 5,900 for Curtis Samuel. Both, I would say bargains in the spot, especially if we think, I mean, the Pacers are going to be up in pace against the Rams. They're, Rams are one of the fastest-paced teams in the league, but they did face the fourth-fewest plays last year, so I don't know how to interp- interpret that. But if we think this game's going to go under, I don't know if I'm going to be looking too much at these receivers, but maybe only on the 1 p.m. slate. I've only been looking at these guys. I mean, on main slate, I haven't been drawn to these guys because I'm seeing guys in that same range that I like more. So, I mean, I'm probably not going to be on these guys, to be honest. All right, let's move on to the game that everybody wants to stack, everybody's talking about. It's Tampa Bay. Guys, I'm just going to let you know that we're going to do this show 17 times this year. I would guess I'll take the over on 14 and a half times that we talk about a Tampa Bay Bucks game because every single time they're on a slate, the defense is going to suck and the offense is going to be airing it out. And that's going to be the exact same thing again at home against San Francisco, 49ers. One point favorites, one point favorites on the road, a total of 50 and a half. Let's talk about this San Francisco situation, John, because obviously Jerick McKinnon, he is out for, you know, the 20th consecutive year, leaving Matt Breed and Tevin Coleman to man. And I think they're going to split carries. But this is a team that's got a really great run blocking offensive line. They're facing an, a defense that couldn't stop either of us behind that line. So what do you think about Coleman Breida? Do you have a favorite or is it just kind of throw your hands up and hope you, you know, hit black or red correctly I think it was actually pretty obvious Coleman was the starter all along and Matt Breed is definitely going to sprinkle in like it's going to be 60 40 but I've always been led to believe and nothing has changed my mind still to this very moment that it's Tevin Coleman um, especially who's going to be explosive in the passing game the big key here is that I am assuming it is going to be heavy ownership because we need to talk about this game as a whole. Yeah. Heavy ownership towards the Bucks offense. So that makes the 49ers contrarian all because Jimmy Droplo went one of six for a pick in a preseason game that no one gives a damn about. Come on. Like, literally, 
that is potentially like the sharpest play you can make is just stacking the other side. And then you can go your Chris Godwins, or if you're playing a lottery tournament, you can go your Brashad Perryman, who's going to go get like three to four deep target most likely. But either way, this game opened at 49 and a half. It's been bumped up since because it's just a wrong line. It was a bad line to begin with. It's going to go over 58. And so like you just need pieces in this offense, no matter how you stack on Sundays. Okay, so Nick, what about you? Like when you look at this game as a whole, we're obviously we're going to be talking about this piece or that piece. And it's, you know, I always talk about this when the game totals are this high, when the environment's this good, I just want pieces. I don't really give a damn where it comes from. Is there anything that stands out for you on the San Francisco side where you say, that's the piece I want? I play all my stuff on thing. I mean, I can't play between both sides. I mean, I feel like if I play on both sides, I'm, uh, hurting my chances myself because I'm concentrating on too much. So I play all my stuff on FanDuel. So if, in tournaments on FanDuel, I'm looking at uh, Marquise Goodwin at 5,400 as an ideal tournament play in this spot. I mean, I think he's been the most consistent receiver in camp. I mean, he's the only one that hasn't, like, drawn any talk from Coach Kyle Shanahan. He has a good connection with Jimmy Garoppolo from their previous time playing together. So, And then the Bucks cornerbacking is one of the two, three worst in the fo- and worst in football. They don't have much of a pass rush after losing Jason Pierre-Paul, cutting Gerald McCoy. Uh, they lost Vita Vea to a torn LCL, I believe. Um, good one, man. If he can hit a bomb over the top, and, and like we, we think this game's going to shoot out. So, I mean, there's a pretty good chance he's going to catch a deep ball. So, if I'm playing tournaments, I will throw in Goodwin. In, in Goodwin's an interesting ancillary piece because he nearly had a 27% target share and those final six starts in 2017 with Garoppolo healthy. So now with the uncertainty surrounding the 49ers receiving core, like that's a guy who's likely going to be on the field more than they wanted or expected. And so in this week one game, especially like that's very enticing. I think he's going to play most snaps of these receivers. I don't know if they're even going to draft. I mean, dress four, maybe three receivers in this game because uh, Jalen Hurd's out. Uh, Jordan Matthews was cut, I believe. Um, Trent Taylor's out, so they don't have a whole lot going on here. And Dante Pettis was limited today, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I like I like Goodwin as a tournament play. I am still a believer in Dante Pettis, and I know that you know Shanahan's just been crapping on this guy all off season, but it's just impossible for me to think that he's not going to have a big role in this offense. And of course, George Kittle, we. We bury the lead here. George Kittle, of course, is a great play. I want to make sure you guys all know that. <laughs> Tampa Bay side, um, yeah, they're all great plays, too. This game is going to be played at just a lightning fast pace. Um, you know, Chris Godwin, he's somebody that it's everybody's darling. I don't blame people for loving him. I'm going to love him. He's going to play this slot in Bruce Arians' offense. Of course, we're going to like him. Mike Evans, of course. I think O.J. Howard's going to be a top two or three tight end this year. John, what do you think about this Tampa side? Yeah, I mean – we like them, obviously. Uh, it's funny because O.J. Howard, who's probably going to play a career-high slot rate, is the contrarian option compared to George Kittle. Like, just by dropping down and going O.J. Howard over Kittle, you can still gain amazing exposure towards this game. Um, what's funny, though, is given the turnover-prone quarterback in Jameis Winston under center, and given the amount of plays we are destined to see in this game, I think the sneakiest play in this entire game is actually just doing opposite and playing the 49ers defense because there's a reason why. And I know it's terrible. Hear me out here. Okay, I got to hear this one. The the Chiefs defense wasn't good last year. They were awful. And yet they finished as fantasy's number four defense because they just played in high-paced games. And now we're getting, like I said, turnover pro Jameis Winston and we're going against a mass number of plays. That gives us terrific opportunity for defensive scoring. 
and, and that's twenty two hundred on DraftKings. That's my tournament case. I'll drop the mic and picked off two passes last season. Didn't sign anyone in the secondary. Didn't add anything in the secondary. Very bad. Oh, they they added a few players. Actually. What did they add in the secondary? They uh, secondary was Jason Barrett, and then uh, he's not even going to play. And Quan Alexander went there in the middle of the field, right? Quan hey, Alexander sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your boy, your boy Quan's there. Eric. Yeah. Yeah, go freaking Quan, man. Hey, guys. Yeah. Um, here, really quick. Nick, do you have any interest in the Tampa Bay running backs? Uh, absolutely not. All right, all right. We can move on from there. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be fine, uh, you know, any of these pieces, guys. You're going to be doing just fine. All right, so I want to kind of move on to something. And this is, you know, you're hearing us talk. This player went here, new coaching staff here, there, et cetera, et cetera. And this isn't normally something we talk about on this show, but I want to kind of point out, some schematic changes that have gone on within the NFL. You know, obviously we're talking about Bruce Arians going to Tampa Bay. They're going to go from throwing a lot to throwing a bleep load. Um, John, who are some, like, what are some of the scheme changes that you're really looking at this year? I think the obvious one is Arizona, especially because they hid everything from us in the preseason. We got absolutely nothing which for some reason allowed Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk and David Johnson's ADPs to dip throughout the throughout the preseason but it was just it was such an obvious buy low situation because we don't know and I am just assuming they're going to come out of the gates firing um it's a terrible spot actually against the Lions in week one but beyond that like they're going to play a ton of shotgun they're going to lead the league in four personnel most like or in uh, 10 personnel four wide receivers most likely which also puts David Johnson in the slot because they cut their most athletic tight end Ricky Seals Jones um it's going to be super interesting to watch that offense play especially because we know the hike in their play volume is going to benefit both them and the opposing offense especially without Patrick Peterson the first six weeks for the entire year yeah, you mentioned Peterson yeah. missing the game, and I think that a lot of us are going to be playing Galladay for that exact reason. Nick, you know, what's one of the major scheme changes that you've noticed that you're really paying attention to this year? I think at, uh, Dallas this week, especially, Kellen Moore taking over as offensive coordinator is something I, I'm really excited to see. We know nothing about this guy as a play caller except for what we saw this this preseason. Like, he came out of reti- he came out of retired from football, was a position coach for a year, and then all of a sudden became an offensive coordinator for one of the best offenses with most talent, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, even Michael Gallup this year. Everyone's talking about him, liking him as a second-year breakout place player. So I'm excited to see them this this uh, Sunday afternoon against the Giants. More pre-set, pre-snap motion, not standing still, not calling runs on every first down, second down. Uh, that would be the scheme I'm probably most excited to see this weekend. Yeah, the one I'm really looking forward to is maybe not looking forward to, but the one I've been paying most attention to is what's going to happen in Minnesota. They brought in a coaching staff that just all they want to do is run the ball. And um, Dalvin Cook's the guy who's one of my highest owned in best ball and season long, et cetera, et cetera. And John, is there any reason to think that this Minnesota team isn't just going to hand the ball in Dalvin Cook's belly 20 times? Uh, just wait until you see salary Sunday. You're, you're going to realize he has the quite a bit of ownership this week. Uh, that's right. I don't care. I like, I might just like it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I like you know if I like a guy, I'm just going to go overweight him. I don't care. But, no, assuming he's healthy, I mean that's always the question. But I have no, I have no reason to believe, especially off an ACL, um, healthy now from an ACL, that he's going to be just fine this year. Um, Alexander Madison. The question is, how much of standalone value is he going to have baked in? And if Dalvin Cook, this is, this is a conversation for another day, but if Dalvin Cook goes down, does Mike Boone just outright outplay Alexander Madison? Because all Mike Boone does is make plays in the preseason. Every single time we see it, and yet they are so stubborn that they drafted Alexander Madison entirely too early, they're just going to keep him as the number two back. 
So Mike, Dalvin Cook, good to go. Mike freaking boom, man. That dude in the preseason just It's fun out. to watch. Oh, yeah, every single time. Anything else that uh, you wanted to talk about here, Nick? Is there any other, you know, scheme changes that you're paying attention to? And we were just talking about the Vikings just now. I mean, uh, Stefan Diggs mispracticed today with a hamstring injury. So I think if if he sits this game somehow, Adam Thielen, man, looking real nice. I mean, this, this offense is so thin. It's Cook, Thielen, Diggs. And if, if one of them misses, you know, like one of the receivers misses, you know, Thielen and Cook are just going to eat. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of kind of see what uh, Diggs practice reports look like the next next couple days. And that means that three wide sets become Chad Beebe and Josh Dotson with Stephon Diggs? Oh, I'm sorry, with Adam Thielen? Yeah, I mean, Ole Johnson is the only other receiver on the roster. So, I mean, yeah. Or Herb Smith is going to play in the yeah. slot. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. You, you guys better get ready for Chad Beebe talk week. I'm just saying. If, uh, <laughs> we're never ready for Chad Beebe talk. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to be doing that. Um, One more quick one, actually, because we're not going to know on week one because it's such a disaster matchup. But Cincinnati's going to be interesting to watch. It's just a matter of, like, like I said, Seattle, it doesn't work out well. Three offensive linemen are done for the year with them, assuming Jonah Williams doesn't come back. Uh. Cordy Glenn's still in concussion protocol, so they're probably starting 32-year-old Andre Smith against Jadevian Clowney. It's he's not going to be pretty. He's 30. He's, he's like 38. <laughs> he's been in the league for 31 years. So. Jesus. Uh, we're not going to know anything, but I think Zach Taylor's offense to watch there is going to be interesting once we get out of week one. I wish I would have shaken the hand of Sean McKay at, um, you know, Sean McVay at some point because then I would be an NFL head coach. That's how this works, right? Like that just, actually is how it works. Yeah, at least be like, like an intern or something by now. Yeah, you high five at somebody. Excuse me, sir. Would you like this diet coke? And immediately, boom, you get to coach the Miami Dolphins. You could have certainly have afforded two bags of oranges instead of just one to eat. <laughs> That's Maybe they'd have hired you as like the St. Louis Battlehawks coach this year, Crane. That's it. Uh, what's, your way, what's your take on the Battlehawks? Is that a terrible name or a good name? I like it, man. I like really? it. A lot of people. A lot of people like it. A lot of people just despise it. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I like it. Dumb. I think it's dumb, but I'm just an angry old man at this point. So that's just how it goes sometimes. All right, I want to talk about the NFL, the drama going on in the NFL. Obviously, last night Ezekiel Elliott, he's coming back. Uh, he signed the richest running back contract in the history of the league, and um, I really enjoyed Bale's tweet earlier where he said that they are now, you know, the line has skyrocketed with the news of Ezekiel Elliott coming back. And, the Cowboys were minus or minus seven, minus one hundred five. Now they are minus seven, one ten. Zeke matters, let me tell you. But yeah, we got to talk about it from a daily fantasy standpoint. And Nick, when I look at you know kind of the team, reading the tea leaves, they said that he's only going to see twenty to twenty five snaps. I understand it's a home matchup against the Giants, and I understand that typically we would all want to play this guy in this spot. I can't go anywhere near Zeke this week, though, John. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe that report at all. I think once you really? see a guy, once you see a guy get in the game, and then the coach is like, "All right, this guy's in game shape. He he looks good." I think start feeding him. He's getting in the groove. I mean, I don't see like that report was like Jamie's Alawale. Their fullback's gonna play like third downs or something like that. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. Tony Pollard <laughs> might mix in more than he normally would, but I expect Zeke to be around sixty percent of snaps rather than. 90 like he normally is so I mean I expect him to be see, see a decent dose especially if the Cowboys getting a good lead here he, he could approach 20 18 20 touches in this in this spot I think I actually think I'm confused because I think he does get over 20 carries in this game um I don't believe the 20 to 25 snaps but having said that 
Zeke was never used in the passing game prior to last year. They refused to do it. And so it's more like an anomaly as opposed to something that we should now consider consistent. And so I think that's actually why Tony Pollard was brought in. And I think he'll be involved and still uh, five to six of those targets that Zeke got last year, which sort of like knocks Zeke down a peg because I believe he's the most expensive running back in, on DraftKings this week, whereas Tony Pollard's 4,500. So Tony Pollard, to me, is still valuable. Uh, Zeke, though, I'm pretty much out this week. Yeah, I'm out this week, but I, I think what you said about Pollard is really interesting because, look, had Zeke not come back, we were going to see a 75% Tony Pollard. And oh. I, I was probably going to be They're overweight horrible. on it because, you just look, at that point, you just have to play him at 4,500. Eric, I will say that's the one thing I do. Like I stand by you every time you say it, and I absolutely love it, and I credit you every time, is that when the field is overweight, you go even further overweight. Uh, Hey, look, if I like a guy, I like a guy, man. I'm not going to let the masses dictate. But, you know, when I look at this situation with Pollard now, you know, you guys don't seem to believe that Zeke is only going to be getting 20 to 25 snaps. If he does, Tony Pollard at 4,500 is still a value. And – the fact that he was going to be 70% and now he's going to be five really makes me interested in power. <laughs> like, I, I feel like now all of a sudden, now it's an interesting tournament play, whereas before it was just kind of a play you had to make. Nick, any are you still interested in power this week? Come on home. I mean, on DraftKings, it kind of makes sense where you're getting a point for a catch yeah. and all that stuff. On on FanDuel, where I play, I, it's it's not going to happen for me on FanDuel. I, I have to have touchdowns on FanDuel, so... And I, and I think if the Cowboys get near the goal line and in the red zone, it's going to be Zeke in the game. He's going to be playing these important snaps. If he's going to, be, if he's going to have his snaps out back, he's going to play the important ones. So I'm Those, not on Pollard on FanDuel. And, and the lottery ticket tournaments with over 10,000 entries and whatnot, we know one of them is going to be on the, end, the winning lineup. That's the most frustrating part about all of this. Unless they split carries and nobody gets there. Yeah. Uh, you know, then the next thing you have the Kansas City Chiefs situation. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this situation. I'm just like – I'm still going to play Pollard. Zeke is out for me this week. And, you know, while we're talking about, you know, running back drama, let's talk about this Melvin Gordon situation because I've been doing a lot of season-long stuff this year. And, John, I am just completely Homer Simpson in the bushes about Melvin Gordon, man. I want nothing to do with the guy. Yeah. You know, at first I came in, I, I would say up to two weeks ago, I was still drafting Melvin Gordon in the, in the fourth round, the fifth round. Um, but now it's to the point where it really does look like he's going to hold out for at least eight weeks, if not further. Um, it's a disastrous situation. But having said that, Eckler is that back this week, whether it be on FanDuel or DraftKings, who is sort of hidden in that mid-range price, especially, especially when you're looking at your McCaffrey's, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, the list goes on and on. Eckler's just sitting there, and he's going to play 70% of the snaps. Like in the preseason, he did outsnap Justin Jackson 41-20, I believe, with the first string offense. And as we've seen, Austin Eckler only needs 60% of the snaps because he's so damn efficient. So that's, that's a hidden one I like, especially given the weakness of the Chargers' offensive line. Okay, so you know, Austin Eckler, you mentioned him. Justin Jackson, another guy I do have a little interest in this week. Nick, what do you think about that situation in – not San Diego, Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Chargers of – I don't know, wherever the hell they are now. Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego of something. Yeah, of San Diego of Anaheim, like the Dodgers. I don't know, whatever. But what do you think about the Chargers, Nick? I actually really like Eckler on Fandle this week. Uh, 6,400 uh, below – right below Chris Carson. I mean, everyone's going to be looking at, like, like Daigle said, at Dalvin Cook. Nick Chubb even is in that spot. He's a, a touchdown home for at home. Uh, so he's going to get a lot of run McCaffrey above that. So 
like like Dago was saying, I think Eckler's going to go overlooked a little bit here, and he's going to place. I think it's going to be two thirds of the snaps to a third for Justin Jackson. Eckler, they they trust him in the red zone, even he, even though he had that fumble in the preseason at the goal line, they they still kept going back to him. I I don't think they're going to punish him for that. So touchdown favorite at home against the Colts, who like we think they're not going to be as good, obviously after Andrew Luck retired. So he could get a ton of run in the second half here. It actually makes it even more interesting on FanDuel because everyone's going to look at Carson because mm-hmm. they know that's a smash spot. And the fact he's only one spot underneath yep. and all eyes are honed in right above him, like that, that's game theory. That you makes run it, it You run it back with the Chargers defense against Brissett and your money, I think. Interesting. <laughs> You're not just going to play Brissett? Nah. Naked Brissett? <laughs> yeah, naked Brissett. Why not? He I'll is the sto- he is the stone minimum on FanDuel. That's too much. I, naked assume, for me. I assume. Oh, is okay. Well, then in that case, so mm, maybe stone minimum Jacoby. Oh, we might have to go naked uh, Jacoby. Well, here we'll go. We'll go Jacoby Ebron combination. Oh, see what happens? You can play everybody at that point. What's gonna happen is I'm gonna walk into the ocean. This is gonna happen. <laughs> you so, say Ebron, no Derwin James in the middle of the field. I mean. <laughs> Ebron right there. No, I'm, I'm not on it. I'm not on it at all. You're not on the Jacoby throws like a quarter no. of his passes to the tight end? No. You're not? No, I'm buying it. I want, I want a little bit of Jack Doyle, honestly. A okay. little bit of Jack Doyle. Okay. By the way, our chat has officially lost its collective mind. The chat is in agreement that Frank Gore is a better play than Tony Pollard this week. That they're out of their damn mind. Yeah, I, I, although I love all of you, you're out of your minds. So. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll you'll get used to that. Don't worry. You, I'm, I'm with the chat pretty much. I'm not on Tony Pollard whatsoever. Yeah. Well, you're on Frank Gore more. I'm not on Frank Gore though either. That's the thing. You're saying Frank Gore <laughs> is a substantially better play than Tony Pollard. Frank Still Gore could is a massive stretch. Frank Gore could and will outtouch Tony Pollard, but that doesn't make him a better play. What eight to five? Yeah, something like I'm just saying, I will take five Tony Pollard carries before I'll take eight Frank Gore carries. Exactly. I'll take five Tony Pollard targets before I take 15 Frank Gore carries. Maybe not that much. I'm sorry. That was hyperbole. I got a little fight. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Let's talk about uh, tomorrow night's showdown slate. Thursday night football. It's first game of the year. Green Bay at Chicago. Bears three and a half point favors. Total is 46 and a half. And of course, we got Aaron Rodgers here. We got him on the road against the Bears defense that. I don't know about you, Nick, but I don't think it's going to be as good as last year. What do you think about the Bears' defense this year? I've been uh, on this train all year. Bears are going to finish in last in the North this year. Last in the North. Calling it right now. Wow. The Detroit Mm. Lions might have something to say about that. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bold, but I just don't think they're any good, honestly. I I mean, their defense is good. It's just not going to be – it's not sustainable. It was like we saw with the Jaguars when they went to the AFC Championship game. Bortles is their Trubisky. Um, I I think this – it's going to play out similarly. I think they're, 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 they're in for a rude awakening up in Chicago this year. The oh. NFL is lucky it's week one. Otherwise, we would not be excited about this game whatsoever. Right. It, it's not pretty. It's going to be slow. It's going to be sluggish. Uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't cover on the road pretty much either. I think it's like 80-20 in favor of the road when Aaron Rodgers travels on the spread. Um, it's not pretty. So Anthony Miller limited in the slot. I don't know where the hell Trubisky goes. I, I guess it's – I'm excited to watch Devin Mo- David Montgomery, but other than that, man, week one. You're, you're just you're just like – you think it's going to be like some 17 to 14 clunker. Uh, so you talked about Chicago's defense, who is in store for regression. Like, we know that. Turnovers aren't sticky. They don't carry over year to year. So despite having the midway monsters back – uh, they still are going to face like negative regression. So what do they do? And now we have Matt LaFour's offense, who I, 
I'm very curious to watch. But at the same time, like Aaron Jones, is he healthy? Is he going to get all the carries? Where do we go? I, yeah, man, I don't know. Like I'm trying to sell it, Eric, but I don't know if I can. You just can't get excited. I understand. No. So as far as, you know, just plays that you might be looking at in this game, Nick, where are you looking? Well, on FanDuel and their showdown, say there's this tournament where they give $250,000 share to whoever scores the first touchdown in this game. So in the captain spot, you have to have them. And I'm, I'm throwing Anthony Miller in there. I don't think he's going to be heavy, heavily owned. And he gets probably the best individual matchup of the Bears receivers against a 36-year-old slot corner for the Packers, Traymond Williams. Like you said, Miller was out for most of the summer, recovering from shoulder surgery over the offseason then. I think he had an ankle injury, I believe, right, Diggle? I think it was ankle or something like that. But anyway, yeah. he didn't practice very much. Super cheap on FanDuel at 9000 on the showdown slate. So I'm throwing him in the captain spot, and I'm hoping Trubisky runs for some yards, maybe runs for a touchdown, uh, hits Allen Robinson over Jagger Alexander a couple of times. Not excited for this game, though. Wait, hold on. You don't, you're not going to throw any Mike Davis in the captain? Go like super. Uh, that's, that's Diggles. Uh, that's Diggles. That's, guy, I, to but. me, if they're giving away a quarter million bucks, I'm willing to gamble on Mike Davis in that spot. Hey, yeah, that's Mike, true. Yeah, you make a good point on that. Mike Davis is my guy, but it was only because their ADPs were so screwed up throughout the offseason. As as Eric knows, like when it's a three-headed committee and one guy's going literally 15 rounds or later than the other guy, you just draft the one getting also getting 30% of the snaps. It's that easy. Yeah, so – yeah, I'm still playing him in fantasy. If, if FanDuel's giving I, away that, I'm going to go ahead and play some Mike Davis in the captain's spot. If J.D. McKissick can win total like 40K, I'm playing all the Mike Davis. I don't even care. <laughs> J.D. freaking McKissick. I'm glad I'm glad we got our J.D. McKissick uh, reference in this. J.D. Riddick now. J.D. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Poor Theo. I feel bad for Theo. Poor Theo. Poor carry-on. What are you talking yeah, about? seriously. Ah, ah. All right, guys. We're going to get off here. It's been a lot of fun, everybody. Chat, thank you for joining us. John, John, how was is, how is the show, man? How do you enjoy being here? Well, Tony Pollard outscores Frank Gore. I know that much. But other than that, uh, I think I think it went really well. People don't know, but, like, this is the first time all three of us have sit down to actually, like, have a DFS conversation. We've yelled across the room at each other before. Yes. But, like, an actual one-on-one-on-one. And so uh, I hope it went well. I hope people learn some stuff. Yeah, we'll see what happens. At least we had fun doing it. That's, we that's always all that have, hey, this is going to be all season, guys. We're going to be having a good time. Nick, yep. any last thoughts on the slate for you? Uh, not really, no. I think we covered most of what we want to talk about. We didn't talk about any quarterbacks, though, so you guys are on your own with that one. Hey, I mean, look, guys, do you want the quarterbacks? Either go really cheap or go with the games with the giant totals. Like, this is not rocket science. Or find the guys that run the ball. Push, just play Lamar Jackson, right? Lamar Jackson it's, season. It's Lamar Jackson or naked Jacoby, obviously. Yeah. Or naked Jacoby. Oh, we talked boy. about it. Oh, man. Is, the, is there a new Kobe Flanner? Is that what's going on? I don't know. Guys, we got to get out here. I want to thank and, Nick and John for joining me. I'm Eric. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Peace.